On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, the Model 3 celebrates its third birthday while also doing exceptionally well in new markets. Elon Musk gives an update on construction at the Berlin Gigafactory. Your in-car display will soon be getting a bit more fun and more. What's happening, friends? Ryan McCaffrey with you for episode 261 of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast for August 2nd, 2020. And August 2nd means today, as this show publishes, is the official exact five-year anniversary of this podcast, right to the day I published episode one five years ago, August 2nd, 2015. So I wanted to say a couple things here. First, whether you've been with me for one episode or 261, I want to thank you so much for taking the time out of your week to listen, because as I like to say a lot at the end of the podcast, your time is the most valuable commodity in my humble opinion, so the fact that you would give me an hour or so of it each week really does mean a lot. I sincerely appreciate it. Now, I wanted to do a little something to mark the occasion, so here on Patreon... Uh, I thought I would try something a little new, a little fun, a new permanent thing and a temporary thing. The new permanent thing is a new pledge tier. Currently, $5 per month uh, on Patreon gets you early access to each week's podcast, and $10 a month gets you the early access plus the bonus episode every month. So I thought I would introduce something in between there, and I'm going to do a $7 tier called Caller, uh, excuse me, Caller Priority. So you'll also get the early access. And basically, it's exactly what it says. If you decide you want to call into the podcast uh, via the Ride the Lightning hotline, you will get Caller Priority for that week amongst the many, many calls that I am fortunate enough to get from the Ride the Lightning audience each week. I thought that could be a fun thing. And in addition to that, the temporary portion, all August long, anybody who joins me on Patreon, supports me on Patreon, a new pledge at that new $7 tier or higher, or if you upgrade from uh, where you are now to the $7 tier, I'm going to do a group Google Hangout call with, with however many folks that is, whether it's three people or 30 people maybe for an hour or so, figure I'll do that, I'll let, you know, let the, again, all August long, and then we'll do that uh, Google Hangout in early September, maybe Labor Day weekend when, uh, when there's a little extra time there. So uh, that's a perk, by the way, the Google Hangout every month that's normally reserved for the $50 tier. So I thought that would just be a fun way to help celebrate and just uh, give a little something back, say thank you, and maybe introduce something a little new, new and fun on the Patreon side. Now, if you're already supporting me on Patreon, thank you very much for your continued support. And if you're not, but you do enjoy listening to the podcast, hey, that's great. Thank you so much for continuing to do that. I do put a lot into this, but I have a ton of fun making it. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't still be going after five years. And I will honestly tell you that the feedback and support that I get from all of you is a big reason why I have so much fun making it. So here is to the next five years. And by the way, if you'd like to take a look at the Patreon page, you can find out all those details at patreon.com slash Tesla podcast, Patreon spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N.
And real quick before I move on to the news this week, just to offer a little perspective, when I started this podcast in 2015, the Model S was the only car that Tesla was producing. Since I have started, which I guess says how long I've been around, but also how quickly Tesla has moved, Tesla has shipped the X since I started, the 3, the Y, and they've announced the Semi, the Next Gen Roadster, and the Cybertruck. Uh, I've, I've been lucky enough to have Elon Musk sit down with me for an hour-long interview to celebrate episode 200, and then Franz von Holzhausen, the chief designer at Tesla, was on not long after that to, on episode 220. So I can honestly say it has been a heck of a ride so far, and again, here is to the next five years. Uh, also celebrating an anniversary this past week, the Model 3. Well, uh, it's three years old. Th the Model 3 turns three. And so I thought I would do one of my patented pullback to the 10,000 foot view moments right here to reflect on just what this car has achieved in its three years of uh, being on the market. Now, first... It has really been the catalyst for Tesla going from a niche automaker to a much, much more well-known one. I honestly, if I'm being honest, I, I still wouldn't call Tesla a mainstream automaker just yet in the sense really of their sales numbers. Their sales numbers compared to the established brands don't quite stack up to, to level, you know, to really put it in that same mainstream kind of category. But Tesla has is now, they are taken a lot more seriously by the rest of the market. And in the public, they are a lot more well-known, a lot more well-known. Second point I wanted to make here about the Model 3 is that it has driven the costs down and the margins up for all of Tesla, which has resulted in a much healthier company that in that three years since the Remember the production hell that Elon talked about? Since that began, Tesla has gone from a company that was flirting with bankruptcy, to, by Elon's own words, to now being on the verge and possibly actually being accepted into the S&P 500 on Wall Street. Tesla's stock, if you're curious, I went back and looked it up. Three years ago, on the day the Model 3 officially launched, July 28th, 2017, Tesla's stock price closed at $335 a share. On the three-year anniversary this past week, it was $1,476, or over four times higher on the stock price front. And then the third thing I wanted to talk about with regard to the three-year anniversary of the Model 3, see, it's all, it's all in threes, it all makes sense, it's all thematic, it's fine, <laughs> is that uh, I was very lucky that I was there that night. I was at the launch of the Model 3 in Fremont. And what's interesting about it in hindsight, for, all, for, for the incredible impact that Tesla has had, that the Model 3, rather, has had on Tesla and on the industry, it was a weirdly underwhelming event. I remember, if, and if you go back and watch the video of it, Elon seemed really stressed out. I mean, he mentioned on stage that, that the Tesla team would be going into the aforementioned production hell, but they did deliver about 30 or so cars that night. They were all out front there. 
right in the in plain view for everybody to see. And since that time, the Model 3 has won awards. It has eaten into the market shares of its internal combustion engine class competition. It uh, And think about this too. The Model 3 has gotten so much better in the three years that it's been on the market, while the price has gone down. You can now get a 250 mile range Model 3 for $38,000, and you can get a 300 mile range performance version that goes zero to 60 in 3.2 seconds for $55,000. And remember the initial Model 3s started at 49.9, that was for the rear wheel drive long range. Now, that performance version, which uh, I am very fortunate, I'm actually, I'm sitting in it right now. If you're curious, wait a second, Ryan, does the show, you sound a little bit different this week. My, my beloved podcaster microphone, which my wife got me as a gift, uh, what, two, three years ago, something like that, it died this week, which was uh, not great timing just because I need it every single day for work now, in addition to, to ride the lightning once a week, but... I found I found an old Rock Band 4 video game microphone. It's the USB that I was able to use for the work stuff. And uh, thankfully, I was able to bust out my, my old Zoom recorder. I'm actually using the very mic setup that I used to interview Elon right now back on episode 200. Anyway, the performance version of the Model 3 turns two years old this week. In fact, uh, I just celebrated my two-year car anniversary, which I am very happy about. It's been a just such a, a incredible ride, and yes, pun intended, over the last two years. But for all Model 3 owners, regardless of which version you have, every Model 3 has gotten better over the last three years because, of course, of software updates. Just some of the highlights, the dash cam and sentry mode system, We've had major autopilot improvements. We've had over a dozen video games get introduced into the car. Smart summon and just a whole lot more. And again, if you took delivery, if you were one of those first 30 people that took delivery July 28th, 2017, you've received all of those features that I've just said, provided you paid for your your autopilot and full self-driving package, but it's just pretty fantastic. And then finally, the one other thing I wanted to mention on this anniversary of the Model 3 is that multiple gigafactories have been built largely because of the Model 3. I mean, again, it's nothing, it's no disrespect to the S and the X, which is what got Tesla here, but really the 3 has been the thing that has fueled the growth. It has fueled the... Uh, economic health of the company and thus the the billions of dollars of cash on hand and freed them up to invest in these gigafactories. So it's all pretty incredible. And I want to say congratulations to everyone at Tesla, past and present, on everything that you've accomplished in the last three years. All right, on to the news proper this week, aside from celebrating the Model 3's anniversary. But speaking of the Model 3, it is dominating another newish market. See, it's still moving into new markets three years later. And that is South Korea. This story comes via Tesla Roddy, who writes, During the first half of 2020, Tesla has sold over 22,000 electric cars, which is a year-on-year increase of 23%, according to Morning Tick 
which is, I guess, a publication there. Competition between electric vehicle manufacturers is intense in South Korea. Tesla fended off Hyundai's Kona EV, the Chevrolet Bolt, the Kia Nero EV, and the BMW 530e to be named the most popular electric car in South Korea in March, uh, the, according to the EV sales blog there. Tesla's market share in the Korean EV passenger car market rose to 43.3%. Also, other commercial companies like Rental Services are bringing the Model 3 in to expand their fleet of vehicles. SK Rent-A-Car decided to add the Model 3 because Tesla products are the, quote, most favored electric vehicles among the rental firm's customers. Thank you, Tesla Roddy there. Well, we have seen this happen before in other markets, and it's all word of mouth. It's, that's what it, it's all word of mouth. As we know, Tesla does not do traditional advertising, but we've seen it. Tesla comes into a new market with the relatively affordable Model 3, and I say relative as in relative to the Model S, certainly. And what happens is early adopters buy it, and then their friends, their family, their neighbors all ask about it. They get rides in it. They get, uh, they maybe test drive it themselves, and then the car sells itself. We have seen this play out in the United States. We've seen it play out in many other territories around the world. And what's cool is that Tesla's ever-increasing brand awareness that I kind of touched on a little earlier, that ever-increasing brand awareness and popularity, it only helps fuel that effect to happen even faster and on a bigger scale. It's basically... It's a vicious cycle in the very best of ways. So good stuff happening in South Korea with regard to Tesla and the Model 3. Now, elsewhere in the East, Tesla China is contributing significantly to Tesla's revenue as a company. This comes again via a Teslarati report coming out of Tesla's Q2 SEC filing. And Teslarati writes... Reports now indicate that Tesla's China-based sector accounted for nearly a quarter, nearly 25% of the company's total revenue in the second quarter of 2020. Tesla China accounted for $1.4 billion worth of revenue during the second quarter. The company's Securities and Exchange Commission filing for Q2 2020 indicated the company had revenues of $6.036 billion across the United States, China, and other regions as a whole. The company's Chinese sector accounted for the exact number here, 23.2% of the company's total revenue in the second quarter. Quote from Tesla in their filing, we also expect our international manufacturing expansion to continue to drive demand. For example, Model 3 was the best-selling electric vehicle during the second quarter of 2020 in China, where Gigafactory Shanghai allows us to offer locally produced Model 3 vehicles with industry-leading standard equipment at a lower price point than competing mid-sized premium sedans even before the impact of government or tax incentives. Well, I have to say, I, I honestly would have guessed that China would have accounted for more than the 23% of the Q2 revenue, and that's because of that big six-week shutdown that we had uh, as a result of the pandemic that, that uh, forced the Fremont factory to shut down. I mean, if you look at Q2, you saw the, the numbers we talked about in what, last week? S and X sales were really relatively minimal 
because again, given that shutdown, the, the numbers just weren't very high uh, from a pure volume perspective. But I guess the three and the Y in the rest of Q2 here in Fremont were enough to still dominate Tesla's ledger globally for the entire quarter. Still though, it's worth noting for sure, Tesla would not have been profitable or probably even close given how slim a margin it ended up being. They would not have been profitable without Giga Shanghai and without the made in China Model 3. Tesla needed every single car from both currently active factories to eke out that profit. So kudos to the entire Shanghai team. Uh, speaking of Teslarati, Elon responded to Teslarati's story about German automakers lagging behind Tesla in the technology department. He replied to them on Twitter saying, quote, Tesla is open to licensing software and supplying powertrains and batteries. We're just trying to accelerate sustainable energy, not crush competitors. And well, what I have to say here is, because I saw a lot of responses to this online, if you think that Elon is being cheeky here, I can say with a lot of confidence that I believe he is being 100% serious. Daimler, if you remember, if you go way back to the early days of Tesla, Daimler did business with Tesla once. Uh, Tesla provided powertrains, or excuse me, well, drivetrains, powertrains, same thing, for the smart electric that they sold in Europe. And then Toyota too. There was the RAV4 EV, which was exactly what it sounds like. It was a standard Toyota RAV4, same body, same everything, although they replaced the grill since they didn't need it, just with a little like uh, EV plate on the front of it. But the RAV4 EV, it was only sold in California, if memory serves correctly, but Toyota sold that car uh, around the same time that the original Roadster came around. And again, it had a Tesla powertrain, a Tesla battery pack in it. It was the thing about the RAV4 EV too, if you've never seen one, you can just Google image search it, but it was expensive compared to a regular RAV4. Uh, it was a $50,000 vehicle and its range was, was so, so for the time, but in the grand scheme, maybe not super great. It was only about 125 miles, if I'm remembering correctly. But again, it, because it was a regular RAV4 body, it had the full functionality and practicality of a regular RAV4. In fact, I can say I still see them around San Francisco from time to time. They are still out there. So um, I absolutely believe that anecdote is to say I completely believe that Tesla would sell battery packs and drivetrains to any competitor who wanted them. And Elon did clarify, by the way, in a follow-up tweet, that he did mean autopilot when he said he would license software. So that, I think, is far, far less likely than battery and drivetrain licensing, because in order for another automaker to use autopilot, they would have to build the full camera and sensor suite into their cars, and they would need to have those cars connected to uh, whatever company they are, their, their mothership, via a cellular connection in every one of those cars so that they could push out autopilot software updates. And for just from 
maybe I'm being pessimistic. I hope I am. I'd love to be wrong. But from what we see out in the marketplace now, I am not optimistic that any other automakers are going to be willing to make that kind of commitment. Plus, on top of that commitment, which would be a financial one to, to have the hardware, uh, a lot of hardware there, and, the, and uh, making a commitment to support the software via the cellular connection, they'd also have to spend money to, by paying Tesla for the licensing fee to license autopilot. So that part, batteries and drivetrains, I'm fully on board. I think it could definitely happen, but licensing autopilot, I just don't see any other automaker doing that. I, again, I would love to be wrong. Next this week, a new feature has rolled out as part of the 2020.28.5 update called Passenger Face Vent. The description of it reads, your car will automatically disable the passenger face vents when no passenger is detected, lowering energy consumption in hot weather. This vent can be manually enabled by tapping where you'd like the passenger face vent to direct air within the climate control panel. Elon added on Twitter, quote, should add a few miles of range more in slow traffic. Well, as we know, Tesla is a company who finds every tiny sliver of efficiency that they can in order to make significant overall energy gains or, or uh, efficiency savings. And this counts. It counts. And really, it, I'll tell you, it's something I personally never really thought about, but it makes perfect sense. If there's no passenger in the passenger seat, there's no need to turn on the AC for that side of the front row the same way that, by the way, the car already works with the rear seats, the back seats, the rear vents uh, on the back of the center console don't turn on if nobody's detected in the back seats. So this is an excellent summertime feature. It's going to get put to the test right away by the bulk of the northern hemisphere. Next up this week, Elon also giving an update about the Giga Berlin construction progress. He took to Twitter to say, uh, Giga Berlin will come together at an impossible seeming speed. The prefabricated construction method in Germany is extremely impressive. Well, it sounds like Elon is quite optimistic that Berlin can get online by the end of 2021, which is what was originally outlined. I'll tell you, how crazy would it be to have two new next-gen gigafactories coming online and starting production at roughly the same time. I mean, Berlin and Texas. Berlin, of course, they are not going to be producing any new vehicles right out of the gate. They're going to start with Model Y. But as soon as that factory starts up, shipments from Fremont to Europe will probably slow down, assuming Tesla starts selling the Y in Europe at some point between now and then, and then transitions over to the Berlin-produced Model Y with the new factory. I mean, I guess I don't actually know. Maybe Tesla won't even launch the Y uh, over there until Berlin activates. I guess maybe that, that could depend on what the demand is and, and, the, and the production capacity is here in Fremont for the time being. But anyway, though, even in that scenario, Q4 2021 could see the launch of the Model Y in Europe, if they, if again, if they don't launch it there ahead of time from Fremont built vehicles, you could have the Model Y launching in Europe 
and the Cybertruck launching in the United States in Q4 of 2021. So very cool stuff right there. Next up, do we have another little battery day sneak preview? It would seem that that might be the case. Reuters with an, ex an exclusive report that reads, Panasonic plans to boost the energy density of the 2170 battery cells it supplies to Tesla by 20% in five years and commercialize a cobalt-free version in two to three years, the head of its US EV battery business said. Panasonic introduced the 2170 lithium-ion cells with the nickel-cobalt-aluminum-cathode chemistry for Tesla's Model 3 in 2017. Researchers say it already has the highest energy density at above 700 watt-hours per liter. Now, your first thought on this when you hear that story, and understandably so, by the way, might be that, hey, ooh, the range of the Model 3 and the Model Y will go up. And that probably will happen. That, or Tesla might choose instead to reduce the number of cells in the car by a bit in order to maintain the same 300 plus mile range in the long range versions that they have now and instead choose to drop the price. I mean, we just heard Elon just got done on the earnings call talking about how the cars needed to be more affordable. Then again, there's another possibility, one, of, one that I think is extremely possible knowing Tesla and their tendency to not stand still for very long, and that is they might do both. <laughs> they might go ahead and do both of those things. Uh, we shall see. And you still, still end up with higher range, but with fewer cells and at lower costs to both Tesla and consumers. Uh, also, though, there's, there's one other thing that comes to mind with this, and it's come up a, a, a good bit recently. This, I think, a 20% energy density increase over the next five years, this is how the two-door hatchback from that's due that Elon suggested would be built in Giga Berlin. That's how that car can get made. Better energy energy density means fewer cells required to get a respectable range. That in turn should help make a smaller car like that hot hatch get made and still have the 250 plus miles of range that Elon has kind of set as the minimum bar for Tesla. So any way you slice it, it's great news. Couple more things for you this week. First of all, the Cybertruck. It's going to be getting its own rendering of uh, on the display in autopilot. So if you if you're in your if you're in any Tesla and you your camera sees a a Cybertruck around the car, it's going to render it in a unique Cybertruckian way. And uh, Elon, it's, it actually gets better than that. Elon taking to Twitter to say the display will also soon render Tesla's specifically as their model and color instead of a generic sedan or SUV. It has the potential for a fun punch buggy sort of game. Now, you may recall that Elon mentioned uh, this very thing semi recently, along with that same punch buggy game idea. And uh, on that episode, it led me to do a couple minutes on on what I thought the rarest Teslas are that would that would be uh, worth the most points 
in a Tesla punch buggy game. But anyway, the point here today is that it sounds like Tesla's actually moving ahead with this. And so it'll be cool to see how many Teslas that you can get on your autopilot screen display at once. Now you can cheat it by doing, by going to a Tesla club event and then you get everybody on a nice drive together and you can have a really cool display on the screen. But anyway, you slice it again, that is going to be fun. Finally this week, one more thing that I wanted to mention to you. A friend at Tesla sent me a photo of a new icon on the door release button inside the Model Y. So instead of just a just a little horizontal dashed line that has no explanation or context for what that button does, which is what all of the threes and Ys have so far, this new button is basically, it's a, it's a top-down view, over, basically an overhead view outline of the Model Y with the door open. So it makes it a lot more obvious that that's what the button does versus, again, what's in all of our Model 3s and Model Ys now. So the good news for those of you that will be taking delivery of new Model Ys that will have this, it should cut drastically down on the number of times that you have to explain to a new passenger how they get out of your Tesla. And theoretically, I suppose you could retrofit your existing Model 3 or Model Y with the new button. Although it might be cheaper to just buy the, the decal from, I think Abstract Ocean might sell them uh, among other vendors. But in any case, um, I have to clarify. So this was Someone at Tesla sent me this. They'd said they'd seen it on, on a number of new Ys that had come through. So I don't know yet for sure if it's also going to be going into new build Model 3s. Presumably it will eventually, maybe right away, but maybe it's going to take a, a little while, similar to like the center console. It took a few months for that updated center console that's gone into all the Model Ys to find its way into the three. It's a, the most likely explanation being if it does take a little time to find its way into the three, it'll be because Tesla has an existing supply of the, the uh, previous buttons with just the dashed horizontal line that they need to get into cars and, and get through that stash of before they switch over to the new ones. But thank you to the Tesla friend that sent that along. And that will wrap it up for this week's Tesla news, but stick with me. I've got plenty of your excellent Ride the Lightning hotline calls since I wasn't able to do the Ride the Lightning hotline last week. The calls piled on up, so I've got plenty of them coming up right after this. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117. You're listening to Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast. You know, that Cybertruck looks a lot like a warthog, doesn't it? Master Chief, out. Welcome to the Ride the Lightning Hotline, your time to shine. If you've got a Tesla question, comment, or discussion topic, send it in. I would love to hear from you. You can submit a question in one of two easy ways. Either way, please try to keep it to a minute and a half, 90 seconds or less. You can use your smartphone's built-in voice recording software and then email the file to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com or you can use the 
Ride the Lightning hotline. So call in toll-free 1-888-989-8752. That's 1-888-989-TSLA. And if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. First up, Darren from Roanoke, Virginia. Go ahead, Darren. Hey, Ryan. It's Darren from Roanoke, Virginia. Uh, So I'm coming up on two years and 32,000 miles on my Model 3. So I'll be needing new tires soon. And since you've had the unfortunate experience of having to replace your tires, I thought I'd ask you. Uh, so I have a long range dual motor model, uh, model three with 18 inch wheels. Um, I've seen that buying tires from Tesla is much more expensive than getting them from a place like tire rack and having a local installer put them on. Uh, and that way I can get the road hazard protection. Uh, but I've read that tires from Tesla have the foam insert that dampen road noise which is actually one of my top priorities from new tires besides safety and price. Um, and I, I didn't see any option for foam insert on tire rack. Um, so I wanted to get your thoughts on those. Uh, did you get them on your new tires? Uh, do you think they're worth it? Um, yeah, happy to hear your thoughts. All right. Appreciate the input and, uh, thanks so much for doing the podcast. Have a good one. Great question here, Darren. You know, there was a thread on this very topic in the Tesla community recently, and a lot of the consensus there was that the foam doesn't make that much of a difference. However, you said that it is really important to you, so I want to respect that. And the good news is that Tesla is not the only ones that sell the tire with the sound dampening foam. In fact, uh, Tire Rack does have them. I searched using a Roanoke zip code for you there, and thankfully they pop right up. The Michelin Primacy MXM4 all-season tire. And if you look there, you'll see it says T.O. Tesla Acoustic Tech. So that means they're the Tesla variant and they have the foam. So feel free to order from them with that road hazard warranty if that is indeed what works best for you. Cheers, Darren. Let me go next to Tim in Little Rock. Go ahead, Tim. Hey, Ryan. This is Tim from Little Rock. It's been a while since we spoke. Hope you're doing well. Hey, I uh, wanted to reach out about the Model Y. The lease on our Model X is coming up in October, and we've decided that we're going to uh, go ahead and purchase a Model Y to replace it. And we're holding out for the third row as well. And my question is, I've seen several videos of the Model Y that has the storage in the back, just like the Model X does, um, and, and, and behind the, the hatchback of the Model Y. And it's got a smaller secondary storage space in front of it. And my question is, I, there's just very little information on that third row. And since we can't test drive it or look at one, we're kind of going on faith. But I'm wondering if either based on your just knowledge of all Tesla, or um, if you've actually seen anything, when that third row is installed, I'm assuming it probably eliminates that smaller secondary storage area, but I'm also wondering if it completely eliminates the storage in the back uh, under the floorboard altogether. 
Uh, I wouldn't think so, but it's so tight back there. I'm not sure how that seat would fold flat and, and it actually have that store. So just wondering if you have any input on that. I'd appreciate anything you have. And again, hope uh, your family's doing well and staying safe and hope to talk to you soon. Take care. Hey, Tim, great to hear from you. Well, I have to be honest here. I don't have any more information than you do. I expect that you're right about the secondary storage being taken up, but the primary one should still be there. I doubt Tesla would need to get rid of that, and I certainly doubt that they would want to. The good news is that the end of your lease should align fairly nicely with the availability of the three-row three Model Y, so you might not need to be without a car for too long if that's what you decide to do. Take care, Tim. Going out next to Jim in Pittsburgh with a Cybertruck question. See if I can help him out. Go ahead, Jim. Hi, Ryan. This is Jim from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I have a dual-motor Cybertruck on order and can't wait to join the Tesla family. My question is, since most traditional four-wheel drive trucks drive around in rear-wheel drive until four-wheel drive is needed, would Tesla include the ability to turn off the front motor, kind of like you can in track mode for the Model 3? I wouldn't be looking for track mode itself, just the ability to turn the front motor off. Seems you would really be able to extend the range of the truck if you were able to do so. I guess this could apply to all Tesla dual motor cars. Just a thought and was interested in your opinion. Enjoy the podcast and thanks for all you do. Hey Jim, yes, Tesla is thinking right along with you. The Tesla fleet, the cars all do that already automatically if of course you have an all-wheel drive Tesla. It is very much a part of that every little bit of efficiency that the cars find any little thing they can get that I talked about earlier in the podcast that allows the Tesla fleet to maximize its range on its battery pack. So, for instance, to your example, uh, when you're cruising on the highway, it does indeed shut off the front motor. So you can look forward to your Cybertruck doing that very thing in order to maximize its efficiency. Thanks, Jim. Uh, regular caller Will from Ancaster is up next. Go ahead, Will. Hey, Ryan. Will from Ancaster again. It's been a while. Um, I was excited when you uh, when you brought Snapplate on and started announcing them because my wife had been uh, freaking out because there was no license plate and she was worried she was going to get a ticket for the last nine months or so. So um, ordered one. It just came in yesterday. I haven't actually had a chance to get it installed yet, but just looking at it and playing with it, uh, the design is simply amazing it's 3d printed um which for 200 bucks canadian i would have liked to have seen an actual uh stamped unit or something instead but um it seems solid and uh, the one thing i wasn't aware of from listening to you talk about it uh was that the tool is actually not needed to put it on and off the tool is only needed if you want to actually lock it in place um if you're going to put it on there and and leave it permanently uh, but, uh, it's really quite a unique design. It's just literally a kind of a push button that turns the locking mechanism in place to lock it into the grill and the bumper. Um, so when I get it on, if it uh, works as flawlessly as it appears that it's going to, um, she'll be thrilled and I'll be thrilled because there's no drilling, no making a mess with the bumper. So anyways, just thought I'd uh, give you an update on that. I'll keep you posted once I get it on and, uh, and how easily it is to, to work. Anyway, love the podcast. Thanks. Bye. 
Will, thank you for calling in with those impressions. I hope it works out well for you and your wife. And actually, on that note, I'll, I'll mention this in their plug later, but uh, the Snap Plat... Snap Plat? No, Snap Plate, folks. Just let me know. Living Tesla. That's what I should have said to begin with. They've got their uh, Model S Snap Plate is done now. It's for hardware to autopilot and up vehicles so that it's, you know, it's, it is compatible with that. So uh, I'll tell you more about that later in the podcast. But next up, John from Greensboro, North Carolina. Go ahead, John. Hi, Ryan. My name is John McClay. I'm out of Greensboro, North Carolina. This past weekend, I traveled to one of our local beaches, and I knew I would not have access to supercharging while at the beach. A couple options were available. There's a Smithfield's barbecue with an actual Tesla connector. And I, the hotel was gracious enough to leave out a extension cord for me to plug into. But I also just wanted to know I might have access to something faster and closer to me. I normally leave the option for home chargers toggled off in the PlugShare app. However, this time I turned it on and observed that there were three houses closer to all the other uh, chargers available to me. They had the appropriate NEMA connector that I had an adapter for. And they list in the app that they have security cameras in place and request that you call or text to coordinate charging with them. One person was moving, and they were not in a good position to allow me to use it. And two other people were absolutely friendly and inviting to have a stranger come to their house and plug their car in overnight at no cost. Now, this could help a lot of people, possibly that are traveling to places without access to superchargers or something faster. The community is tremendously friendly. And I'm very thankful for the PlugShare app. Thank you for your podcast. Thank you very much for that, John. And I'm sorry that you got cut off there. You are so right. You know, the the EV community in general, it's not just the Tesla community. I've, I've seen examples of it. The entire electric vehicle community is just so kind and supportive as a whole. PlugShare has been around for a very long time. I'm celebrating the five-year anniversary of my podcast on this episode. PlugShare has been around a lot longer than that, long before I started paying any attention to Tesla. In the early EV days, PlugShare was one of the only ways to try and find charging locations when you were out and about. So I'm glad you mentioned it, and thank you to all of the kind and generous people who choose to participate in PlugShare. Walt from Manchester, California is next. Go ahead, Walt. Good morning, Ryan. Longtime listener, Walt Rush here from Manchester, California. First time caller. My problem is I live in the coast here where there's hardly any cell towers and we have a lot of dead spaces in between. And when I'm trying to stream music, I lose uh, the music. Is there any way that can be uh, done to listen to the maybe three songs at a time that it would download that and it would carry me through those dead spots? I don't have any problems with podcasts. I download those and I can listen to them for hours. So why can't they do that with the music? Thanks a lot. Have a great day. Hey, Walt, welcome to the hotline. Well, I suppose it's just the way that Slacker works, that it just doesn't buffer ahead very far to cover off on situations like yours. Podcasts streamed in the car come from TuneIn, which is actually a totally different service. By the way, uh, quick note, just, just in case here as an, as an aside, if anybody in my audience works for TuneIn, 
I would love it if you would email me to help me solve a problem that I'm having with this podcast with regard to tune in to finding it in the car. It's in the car. You can find it. But there's a I'm having a little issue that I that I have had trouble getting help with through the traditional uh, means of going on their website. Anyway, uh, while I imagine that your best option is probably to download a bunch of your favorite music and or podcasts to a USB stick and keep those in the car for when you have those extended periods of no cellular connectivity. And then you can go ahead and and tap into that that, uh, local USB uh, music there. Robert from Phoenixville, Pennsylvania, up next. I talked, this is now, gosh, must must be three or four shows back, about the idea of the United States Postal Service electrifying the mail carrier fleet. So here's Robert to comment on that. Hi, Ryan. This is Robert from Phoenixville. You made a comment on uh, the last uh, podcast about the USPS possibly replacing their delivery vans with electric vehicles because they are really well suited to that sort of work. And you had mentioned some hopes that perhaps Tesla might be involved in that in some way. Unfortunately, that's probably not too likely. The USPS is pretty far down the road uh, doing a bidding process to have those ancient and inefficient vans replaced. And uh, of the remaining four bidders or three, Tesla is not one of them. That doesn't mean they couldn't end up as a subcontractor. Um, But I suspect uh, they think at Tesla they have more important things to work on, but maybe not. In any event, uh, there's good information out there. Just Google USPS replacement delivery vans and trucks.com had a good article back in uh, May of this year. Take care. Thanks very much, Robert. I went and found that article you referenced, and so here are more details for everybody. Quote, the U.S. Postal Service said it will award an expected $6 billion in contracts for the next generation mail truck later this year. The agency is providing only the scantest details, but in late December asked up to four separate company teams for contract proposals to build the new truck. Each of the teams previously has provided prototype vehicles to the Postal Service for evaluation. They have until March 27th, which obviously is long past, to bid for what the Postal Service has previously said will be more than $6 billion of business to build as many as 180,000 delivery vans. But the agency said it could extend the deadline. However, the Postal Service said it plans to award one or more contracts this year. End quote from that story. So I wonder if the pandemic did indeed push that deadline back. I agree with you that it's unlikely Tesla would get in the mix, as quite frankly, Tesla is busy enough. But it'd be great to see them try and and do a battery and powertrain deal. I would love to see that, which is what I mentioned a few shows back. I mean, if not them, maybe Rivian or someone else can get in there. I mean, as long as they're electric, I am all for it. Thank you for your call, Robert. Andrew from Wichita is next. Go ahead, Andrew. Hey, Ryan. Andrew in Wichita, Kansas. Hey, I got my Model 3 in December of 2019 after uh, paying off student loans. Um, It's been absolutely amazing. I have loved every second of it, and I can't 
can't imagine driving anything else. Um, not a lot of Teslas in Wichita, Kansas, but there are more and more every single day, and I just love to see that. I'm calling because uh, after the recent update of the stoplights and stop signs, uh, I commute on the highway every day, about 24 minutes, same same commute, and I've noticed in certain spots that Tesla thinks there's a uh, stoplight or a T intersection, and I'll get that warning T intersection, and I'll have to override that. Um, but I'm not sure how I report that to Tesla. I'm sure they're aware of that, but I just I keep seeing it every day. It's the same places. Um, so if you have any thoughts on how I can report that, that'd be great. I love the show. Keep it up. Thank you. Hey, Andrew, thank you for calling in, and I am sorry to hear that this is happening to you. If the car is going to slow down unless you take action there, you might want to be extra safe and go ahead and disable the traffic light and stop sign functionality of autopilot. I mean, clearly you have been paying attention when it happens, but just if you were to get distracted just once by a Bluetooth phone call or, or countless other things, it could present a big safety risk. Now, to report the issue, hold down the right scroll wheel on the steering wheel until it beeps and then say bug report and detail the issue in five seconds or less. You got to be quick. So you could say something like bug report, autopilot incorrectly stopping for traffic signal that isn't there on highway. Maybe something like that. All the best to you, Andrew. Uh, an anonymous caller is next. Did not identify themselves, but uh, a good call nevertheless. So anonymous, you are on the air. Hi, Ryan. I hate your show because it only comes out once a week and I wish it came out more often. I listen to it right when it comes out and then I have to wait a whole week. But really, you can tell I, I love your show. Thanks for doing all that you do. You know, I I have a Tesla Model 3 that I really like, but the mileage uh, indicators really bug me because, as you know, you you can't get all the miles out of the uh, batteries uh, because that would be bad for the batteries. So when I used to have an old VW bug from many years ago, we would have a reserve tank. And when you ran out of the main tank, you would start to sputter, you would kick over the reserve tank and you knew you had another couple gallons. And I've wondered whether it would be possible for, uh, for Tesla to put in something similar that would just show the miles that you actually want to use and you could set 20%, whatever, uh, and then it would either have a different color or it would just not show those miles, and it would be uh, much more transparent about the real miles that you have. In an emergency, you could use those extra miles, but it would just help you plan your trips better. So I just wonder whether a reserve tank, uh, something uh, either like the old reserve tanks in gasoline-powered cars or something more uh, exciting and, and uh, visual uh, could be done. Thank you very much. Uh, keep on doing the great shows that you're doing. Well, I have to admit, you had me for a minute there when you said you hated the podcast. But uh, to your question, there actually is, in fact, about a five to 10 mile reserve, exactly what you're talking about, that Tesla hides from you for emergency situations. And yes, people have found out about that the hard way. You can go a little while on 0% charge, but to be explicitly clear here, I would not recommend putting it to the test if you can avoid it, because if you get it wrong, uh, you are going to have to tow the car, and that is not going to be 
uh, a, a fun situation or a or a cheap one either. But thank you so much for calling in. Uh, finally, this week, another regular, Jason from Newport Beach. Good to hear from him. Let's let him take us home here. Go ahead, Jason. Hi, Ryan. It's Jason from Newport Beach. I was thinking about episode 259 and the discussion about the potential Gigafactory 5 in Austin. Wouldn't it be ironic if the state where the Cybertruck was made, Tesla was unable to sell that vehicle directly to customers? I can't imagine that Tesla would commit that much money and effort to Texas, given the state of the current laws there. Have you heard anything about Tesla's deal? And do you think the Texas legislature will change the laws to accommodate Tesla provided they build the Gigafactory in Austin. Thanks. Bye. Great to hear from you, Jason. That is the big question. And as you heard, uh, what last, well, yeah, last week's show with the, the, uh, the earnings call, it will indeed be Texas. I would imagine there will be some kind of exception made for Tesla here. And there had to have been, there just, there had to have been some kind of arrangement made between Elon and Governor Abbott. I mean, they're going to have to fight the Texas auto dealers every single step of the way, but here's hoping that Tesla will soon be able to uh, be free to sell directly to consumers in a state where they are very soon going to be creating thousands of jobs. Thanks, Jason. Thanks to everybody who called in. Uh, by the way, I also plan on having, hopefully by the time you hear this on Sunday, my intention is to have the August edition of the Patreon-only bonus episode up, which is where uh, all the extra awesome calls that I wasn't able to get to on the regular weekly show go. I've already got it planned out. I just haven't recorded it as of recording this, but there'll be plenty of folks featured in there too. So if you're with me on Patreon, you'll get an email about that. Uh, and if, if you decide to join it, that'll be another thing. Uh, at, at, if you join at the $10 level for that tier, you'll be able to look forward to that this weekend. So, uh, although, and I'll let the, I'll let the actual people who are in that episode know on next week's show so that I can make sure to get them a free copy of it so they can hear their call and response. Anyway, thanks to everybody who called in on the Ride the Lightning hotline this week. But stay tuned. The show is not over yet. I've got your pro tip of the week and more coming up right after this. You know, I realized after I finished last week's show, I think I forgot to give you my uh, my little recommendation, my media recommendation, video game, TV show, movie recommendation of the week. Again, if anybody even cares, I don't know. Uh, here's a quick one this week. I, I'll tell you, Netflix, I've been watching Floor is Lava, which is a game show that's exactly what you think it is from the title. And I have to say, it is oddly compelling. It is it's very oddly compelling. I am enjoying watching it, so... It is totally family friendly. If uh, if you need just something, it, it's like just bubble gum to chew on. There's no there's no nutritional value in it, but there's no there's nothing bad. There's no drama. There's no. It's just it's it's a good little bit of escapism if you're curious about that. So uh, the pro tip of the week this week comes from Eric in Maryland with something that that I I did not know. This is new to me. So go ahead, Eric. 
Hi, Ryan. This is Eric from Maryland with a voice command tip of the week. Uh, did you know you can turn the child locks on and off by voice command? So say you're driving to drop your child off or you don't want to go around to open the door for them. You just press the voice command button and say, turn child locks off. Your child can now operate the door by themselves. Once they get out of the car and close the door, you can press the voice command button again and say, turn child locks on. Well, thank you very much, Eric. Like I said, that one was new to me. I was not aware that that was on the voice command list. So good stuff. That is awesome. And again, if you've got a pro tip of the week, something that would be worth sharing with your fellow listeners, your fellow members of the Tesla community, feel free to send it in the same way. You've got the two easy ways that you send in the Ride the Lightning hotline phone calls. You can submit a pro tip in that same fashion. All right, just some friends of the podcast. Before I go, I want to first mention abstractocean.com, tempered glass screen protectors. And yes, by the way, I did confirm uh, between the break there, they do sell the stickers for the door release buttons. So if, uh, if, you're, if, you, if you do want to s- sort of solve that problem, as it were, as Tesla has now done on new build Model Ys, at the very least, you can find them at abstractocean.com, along with tempered glass screen protectors, the uh, Roadster-style TESLA lettering on the back of the car, if you want to put that on, the, the interior lighting kits, etc., etc. abstractocean.com. Use the coupon code RTLPODCAST, all one word, at checkout to get 15% off of your first order. Meanwhile, puretesla.com slash RTL, your one-stop shop for dash cam and sentry mode needs. You've got two choices, $49 for the 128 gigabyte kit. That's what I'm using, but you can jump up double that to 256 gigabytes for $69. It is a uh, just plug and play right out of the package. They ship free anywhere in the United States or you know, just reasonable price shipping if you're outside of the U.S. Jump on the website and order if you're interested, puretesla.com slash RTL. And then Jada, they're having a summer sales event. So I want to mention that because again, uh, the V3 pad, which I've actually, I just got it in the car and it works great, looks great as usual. Uh, it's fantastic. Ch- charges even faster than before in this version three. So uh, if, if unless you've got a brand new three or Y, you don't have this. So if you've got uh, basically any Model 3 up to about June 2020, I this is a, a, a definitely recommend the Jada wireless charging pad. They also have the USB hub, which is pretty cool too. If you want to get either or both, please use my referral link full transparency. They throw me a couple of bucks from the sale if, uh, if you come through my referral link. So that web, that link is getjada.com slash R-E-F slash eight and Jada spelled J-E-D-A. And for those coupon codes, uh, so it's $10 off the USB hub using the code Jada10, $15 off for the the aforementioned wireless charging pad that I'm a big fan of, the code there, JADA15, all one one word, no spacing in that. If you're buying both, the discount actually goes up to $30. So instead of, you know, 10 and 15, 30 bucks off if you buy both. And that code is JADA30. And I have to actually tell you, I don't know if you can also stack the Ride the Lightning coupon code on top of that. Give it a try and find out. You could end up getting a real steal of a deal. And again, that coupon code for this podcast is the the words Ride the Lightning all together, no spaces in there. So thank you to Jada 
for uh, for those myriad discount offers for the Ride the Lightning audience. And I think, ah, and then Immaculate Reflections, awesome detailing, wonderful human being, Jeff at Immaculate Reflections. If you are in the Bay Area or going to be there with your car and you would like something like uh, paint correction, paint protection film, or ceramic coating, or any other kind of detailing service, uh, maybe you want to do a wrap of some kind, whatever you're up to, he can help you out and do it in an incredibly professional and also very uh, touchless manner. It's all, uh, there's no no risk. Of, it's all, his shop's the cleanest place. It's, it's like hospital clean in there. And, he, you know, he can arrange for a total touchless handoff and pickup if you like. So anyway, uh, he's offering a discount code for listeners of this show as well. So go to his website, irdetailing.com, to learn more, to book in, to get in contact, and be sure to mention that you are a Ride the Lightning listener to get that discount. And I think that'll about do it, other than mentioning, yeah, I mean, if you're, I'm on just about every major podcast service. Uh, if you're if you're interested, Spotify, again, tune in in your Tesla Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, uh, YouTube in the audio only format. So if you w- just search Ride the Lightning Tesla on YouTube, if you prefer to listen there. But subscribing to the podcast is good because that means you'll just get the show delivered to you each week rather than you having to remember, oh yeah, it's time for a new episode. So that's, uh, that's the benefit to subscribing, which costs zero dollars and zero cents. Before I go, I want to say thank you to the Patreon producers. They're at the producer tier, uh, which means they get a lot of fun perks, including the early access, including the uh, the monthly bonus episode. They also get shouted out here in the quote-unquote credits of the podcast each week. I want to first say a big hello and thank you to uh, my newest Patreon producer who wanted his Twitter handle used, and it's Rodam if you're curious to follow him on Twitter. And thanks as well to the other Patreon producers, Pete White, George Cassioppo, David Brander, Jonathan Wales, Alexi Heft, Logan Willis, Robert Maracle, Jason Chalukas, Joe Edgel, Tim Hyde, Lawton from Chicago, Peter Chalet, David Vakil, Ulrich Lassa, Luke A., Eric Randolph, David Nondahl, Jerry and Mary Smith, Lyle Austin, Joel Sapp, Dory and Steve Guberman, Daniel Grummer, Jeremy, Tesla Owners Taiwan, Jeremy Harris, Rob Brewer, Ron Lee, John Cody, Matthew Wright, Charlie Gillespie, Kaz Barnes, Neil Weaver, David Perella, Sunil Joseph, Dennis Peak, Will Stedman, Evie Tricity UK, Stig Mickey Jensen, Jeff Angwin, Chase Cabanillas, Richard Folkers, Matt Kalen, Trenton from Myrtle Beach, The Lydia Family, Michael Regal, Mark Eversole, Ish, Ramey from TeslaProTips.com, Chris Beach, Aaron Altschul, Steve Radspinner, Jared Brown, Jerome Strack, Seth Capello, Jamie Dalton, and Noel and Lucy Murphy. Thank you all so much. Your support does mean a lot to me. That is really what keeps the podcast going, is the support on Patreon. It means a lot. Helps, uh, helps fuel this thing, keep me going, and uh, I sincerely appreciate everybody's support. So that will about wrap it up for me from the passenger seat of my Model 3 in the garage where it's relatively soundproof, although it's now getting real dark in here, but thankfully the car has lights. In any case, 
Uh, I want to say happy electric motoring to all of you. Again, just one more time on the five-year anniversary. I know it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, I started at zero. So most of you probably weren't listening back at episode one and that's perfectly okay. And it's just, I love hearing from people who, whether they've been listening for, it's like, oh, it's my first episode, or I started listening at 200 or, or whatever the case may be. I just sincerely appreciate your time and your attention. And I'm so glad to share in the enthusiasm that is Tesla and this company and these cars with you. I have a blast doing this every week. Otherwise, like I said, why would I spend so much time doing it if I didn't love it? So thank you all again. Here's to the next five years of Ride the Lightning and of Tesla. And I will see you all next week. I mean, I think a Tesla is the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. That's what it's meant to be. Our goal is to make... It's, it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. It's maximum fun.